This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. Welcome to the Partnership Podcast. This is Chris Romer with Vale Valley Partnership. I am honored to be joined by Dylan Roberts, candidate for Senate District 8, which includes the, the Eagle River Valley. Um, and a, a huge other swath of, of territory throughout the, the mountain region and I-70 corridor. I, and I think if I am not mistaken, all the way to the Utah border and all the way to the Wyoming border. So yep. it's a huge, huge district. And Dylan, we really appreciate you taking the time to spend with us today. If you could, if you don't mind, um, share a little bit about yourself and who are you? What's your background? Why are you running for office? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Chris. It's great to be uh, with you this afternoon and on the podcast again. Uh, thanks for this opportunity. So yeah, I'm Dylan Roberts. I'm uh, running for the Colorado State Senate in Senate District 8. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to grow up right here in Senate District 8. I grew up in Steamboat in Route County, uh, and I went away for school for a while and ended up in Eagle County as a deputy district attorney uh, for the county here. And um, also since 2018, I've had the honor of serving uh, House District 26 in the Colorado House of Representatives, which is Eagle County and Route County uh, down at the state legislature. Uh, my wife and I live in Avon and uh, we just welcomed our first son actually in May of this year. So uh, I've been quite busy the last few months uh, running in this, this campaign, which as you noted is a very large district. It stretches across 10 counties in central and Northwest Colorado. Uh, as well as uh, becoming a new dad and, and uh, loving that adventure as well. So um, I'm running for the state legislature, uh, for the state Senate, uh, to continue my work in the legislature of um, solving problems for our communities. I think we've gotten a lot of really good things done for Eagle County specifically and the mountain region over the last four years during my time down at the Capitol, but I know we have a lot more to do. We have some significant challenges, but I think also a lot of opportunities, and uh, I would love to continue serving these communities where I grew up and have spent so much time and the people I've gotten to know uh, really bring their ideas down to the Capitol in Denver and keep solving problems. So uh, it would be an honor to continue serving in the state legislature. Yeah, that's well. And first of all, Dylan, thank you for that. But more importantly, congratulations on the addition to your family. That's it's Thanks. incredible and it's amazing. Yep. And we talked a little bit offline before we started the podcast um, about about fatherhood and things. So yep. Congratulations to you and to Sarah for the addition to your family. I, th that's wonderful. And, th and that kind of stuff transcends politics. So want to be does. sure to, to give a little <laughs> push for that. So yeah. um, let's jump right back into it. Um, as you're knocking on doors and as you're, you're talking to people and as you've represented Eagle County in the, in the state house, but now you have a much bigger region that, that you're running for. Um, as you talk to folks and you're on the campaign trail, what do you see as the top issue facing Eagle County? So uh, I think the top issue that I'm hearing about here in Eagle County and across the district, uh, if I had to pick one that transcends to the top of what, what folks are saying, it's affordability. It's making sure that these communities here in Eagle County and across uh, the Western Slope uh, and across Colorado as a whole are still places where people can afford to live. And though it comes down to issues of uh, affordable housing, of course, but also um, costs like childcare and making sure you make enough money from the job that you have in order to cover your expenses. Uh, we have a lot of more work to do to ensure that we can keep the vital workforce that 
keeps our communities running here in our community in Eagle County or, or in any mountain county. Uh, you know, we're losing too many nurses, teachers, police officers and our tourism workforce. Uh, and business owners can't hire uh, the the number of people that they need to hire because it's it's too expensive or too cost burdensome to live here. Uh, we've made some great strides, as I mentioned earlier, on a lot of those issues, but uh, of course, it doesn't uh, get fixed overnight. And so, we need to do a whole lot more to ensure that um, Eagle County as a whole is uh, an affordable place to live and a place where people can make a good wage and businesses can open their doors and have employees there to to hire. Um, and then, of course, our vital needs like our schools and our hospitals and our police departments are are fully staffed. Uh, so, yeah, affordability definitely rises to the top. And then if I could add in a, a second issue that uh, has really percolated to the top of people's minds, I think, over the course of this summer is the issue of water and kind of protecting uh, what you know is so crucial to our region uh, with all the news coming out of the federal government about the Colorado River being under threat and out of state demands on our water. I know people are very concerned about what does our future look like here in Colorado if um, the federal government comes in and tells us we have to use a whole lot less water. And uh, that is going to be a major issue facing the legislature over the next few years is protecting our interests on a national level when it comes to our most precious resource, which is, of course, our water. Yeah, Dylan, thank you. The, the affordability issue um, is, is a big, big deal. And we'll talk about housing a little bit later. You brought that up. Um, and water is such a, a nuanced and complicated topic. I, I attend a lot of meetings around a lot of topics to ensure that our business community has a voice. And um, I'll be honest, the one that I feel most overwhelmed when I sit in meetings is around water law and water policy. Um, boy, oh boy, it, it's very complicated. So the recognition of water as a, a top issue is certainly very important to all of our industries. Yep. Um, and our farming and ranching community as well. So thank you for identifying those. Let, let's let's stay on that theme and affordability and or water. Um, what, what's the role of government and state government in addressing that issue? Yeah, so I think uh, the government, the state government uh, can play a, uh, a, a big role in addressing those issues on affordability. You know, of course, uh, the inflation that we're experiencing right now is is affecting all 50 states and the, the world for a variety of reasons. But there are things that we have done and can do at the state level to um, combat rising costs and try to save people money. Uh, on housing specifically, I think the state government plays a, an important role. And uh, I've been a part of those efforts over the last couple of years. Uh, the, during the course of the 2021 legislative session and this past legislative session in 2022, I was the chair of the Affordable Housing Task Force at the state legislature, which was a bipartisan group of legislators and housing experts that were put together uh, with the goal of determining how to spend over $500 million that we received from the federal government through the American Rescue Plan that we set aside for housing specifically. And we didn't just want to send it out to each community per capita or just do a blanket um, uh, disbursement to, to local governments, we wanted to be really strategic and transformational about how we use these one-time funds. And I'm really proud of what we did. Uh, we invested the most money we ever have in a single year uh, from the state legislature into affordable housing this year. And what that's going to mean is millions of dollars coming to places like Eagle County, uh, to local governments and to nonprofits here like Habitat for Humanity, and try to catalyze public-private partnerships to get projects off the ground. Um, and so the way that we structured those bills in a bipartisan way and in a, with um, key provisions to look out for mountain and rural resort communities uh, is 
um, going to catalyze a lot of projects that are either in just need that kickstart or that partnership from the state, that little extra funding to get going, or identify areas of the state that face an acute crisis, which is obviously Eagle County and a lot of our mountain counties. So, uh, of course, you don't build housing overnight either, but those are historic amounts of funding coming here to Eagle County and across the region that I know of several projects here that are going to put in grant applications when those come out in a couple months and hopefully receive significant funding. So, uh, to the larger question, the state can play a role as being a financial partner to local projects on housing and local ideas and initiatives on housing. Uh, we've also done things to create a sustainable source of funding for housing, not just these one-time funds, but another bill I worked on uh, with the partnership and others was a bill that allows local communities to decide what they want to do with their lodging tax revenue. Uh, and that means we could have more funding going to housing or to childcare or to other issues of affordability, as well as uh, ensuring we're still promoting our, our community and, and marketing it to out of state and out of town visitors. Uh, so looking both short term and long term is where the state can be a partner on the affordability issue of housing. I think moving forward, we're obviously not going to have $500 million from the federal government every year to invest in housing. So I think the state also should play a role in what I would like to do if I uh, do get elected to the state Senate is what can we do from the state level to remove barriers that exist in law or in regulation to try to catalyze more housing projects to get off the ground, whether that's incentives for communities to consider changes to their zoning or building codes to promote more housing development or um, more incentives to um, look at the, any legal restrictions around affordable housing or try to promote public private partnerships in a better way. Uh, those are the types of things that I think a state can do look at our state laws, figure out what's getting in the way and try to um, fix that to help local projects get off the ground. Uh, on an issue like childcare, I think that's an incredibly important issue here in Eagle County as well. Uh, you know, I've sponsored a bill that passed, it was the first bill I introduced this year uh, that will remove property tax for nonprofit childcare centers, uh, completely remove their property tax obligation, which often gets in the way from uh, those centers from even opening in the first place or existing centers will be able to hire a new provider with those savings and open up childcare spots. So I think we can get out of the way and try to create incentives that way to promote the types of services that we know we need like childcare. Uh, and then on jobs and creating more jobs in our communities, try to attract um, higher paying jobs so that people can afford to live here. Uh, we need to do more to craft business incentive programs like, uh, and I've done a few of those during my time in the legislature and I hope to do more to attract businesses specifically to our resort communities or to our rural communities and work with the business community to foster a strong small business economy, not just in the Denver metro area, not just in our urban centers, but in our mountain communities and across rural Colorado. So I see the state as being a partner. We're not gonna be able to fix the problem on our own. We will have to work with the private sector, with nonprofits and with community to come up with solutions, but uh, we should be at the table and I think it's our job as legislators to listen to our constituents and listen to our uh, business leaders to find common ground and, and, and pass solutions from the capital that work across our, our state. Yeah, I really, I really like the word catalyze as the, the role of, of state government when looking at some of these big picture issues and challenges. It's not always the role of the state government to solve these challenges for local yep. communities, but rather to help catalyze and incentivize and the some of the things you said so thank you for that word i think it's i think it's a really good one i think it's the a good role there and that's a, actually a really good segue dylan to our next question 
Um, and I don't expect you to have all the intricate details around these. I'll use these as examples. Okay. But what, the question is, what role do you think the state has with regards to local grassroots initiatives to solve community problems? For example, the Eagle Valley Regional Transportation Authority or the development of early childhood centers as an example. And the, the question then becomes, what role does the state have? And should the state government or Eagle County's elected state officials be supporting these types of locally driven efforts? And if so, how? Yeah, I, I love this question uh, because I think it, it encapsulates what a, a very a good thing about Colorado. We are fundamentally a, a local control state. We we like local control. We believe in local decision making. So I am all have always been supportive of local ballot measures and statewide ballot measures that allow voters to decide matter important matters of public policy or or try to come up with local solutions to localized problems. Uh, so. I think the state, you know, sometimes we at the legislature refer questions to the ballot that the whole state gets to decide. And then that happens on a local level too. Uh, you know, as an Eagle County voter myself, you know, of course I'm following the the Eagle Valley Regional Transportation Authority question. I think that is something that I am personally supportive of and, and hope that it passes and, you know, lend my support as a citizen and as a a local elected official. Um, if those if a measure like that passes, then the state could also help that authority get off the ground. You know, we've passed a very historic transportation infrastructure bill last year from the state level, and funds from that bill will be available to help do things that the the Eagle Valley Transit Authority wants to do, like electrify their fleet and modernize our transportation infrastructure and, and put more dollars into our local transportation decisions. So I think that's a great example of, you know, if Eagle County voters decide they want that, the state will be there to help um, support and get that up and running. Um, and, but it will have that local lens and that local decision making because uh, you went through the local ballot process. So um, I'm always in favor of local ballot questions like that. Um, you know, I might have a personal opinion either way, yes or no, on depending on what the question is. But I think that's a really great thing about Colorado is we have a very um, open access to the ballot for a variety of questions, and uh, it, it allows voters to decide on a lot of things. Yeah, and and thank yeah. you for thank you for the support of the yeah. Eagle Valley Transit effort, it, folks. I think most folks know that we at the partnership are leading the charge, and this was initiated by the business community yeah. um, as a bottom up grassroots effort. So appreciate appreciate that, and appreciate that example. Um, and what I like, and I just say yeah. what I like on that is that it's not just about transportation, of course. I mean, that's Eagle County knowing that we have a housing issue and we have a transportation issue. And how do we try to fix both of those things at the same time? I think that's excellent, because if you connect all parts of our valley, you're going to make it accessible for, for housing in all areas. And, and it's great for the business community as well. So you're not just tackling one issue. You're kind of holistically going after a lot of things that uh, we need to fix in our community. Yeah, thank you for yeah. thank you for pointing that out. We yeah. sometimes I'm too close to it and forget to to mention that to people. So um, thank you. The, let's circle back because you you mentioned this earlier. You just talked about it again with regards to housing. Let's talk a little bit about workforce housing, and and we know and you know from campaigning and and um, talking to people that workforce housing remains a significant barrier to community sustainability and to business growth. How would you work to ensure that workforce housing can be developed in Eagle County and throughout the mountain region? And and Dylan, if you could, please be specific and provide examples. Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
you know, we, we talk about housing as a broad concept, but uh, where I feel it the most as a local representative is when I get calls from uh, business owners uh, who say, you know, and this happened a lot over the last winter, you know, I have to cut back my hours of the restaurant that I own because I can't find employees and, uh, or I'm losing employees because they're moving to a different part of the state or they're moving out of the state because they just can't afford their rent or, or to even think about buying a house here. So I think um, when we talk about housing, it is a lot, we need to focus a lot on why we're trying to make it more portal nuts to employ the workforce that we need to keep our economy going. Uh, ways that we can incentivize this and ensure that the dollars that we spend from a state level or local dollars that partner with state dollars is we need to build in parameters on what that housing is being built for. For example, I worked in the, the bill that will allocate that has allocated $178 million for local grants and nonprofit grants for housing. I fought for amendments in that bill that ensured that one, at least 50% of those funds go to rural and rural resort communities that are experiencing the housing crisis most acutely. That was a huge win for rural Colorado and for places like Eagle County, because normally, um, those provisions don't get in bills and all the money gets sucked up by the Denver area. And two, I also fought for amendments that ensured that projects could be eligible for those funds that were building housing for higher uh, area median income or AMI levels. And that's really important here in Eagle County because, of course, we have a higher cost of living. We also have higher wages than other parts of the state. But because of our higher cost of living, um, even if you're making more, you're still not making enough to even think about buying a house or, or to make rent. And so um, that means that these funds are going to go to projects that will serve higher AMI levels, which will specifically target the workforce here in Eagle County or in uh, other rural resort counties. So uh, those are the types of specifics that I've worked on and, and fought for and have gotten passed. And I think we need to have a more we need to have more advocates down at the Capitol who understand the differences across the state where you can't just have one AMI level that covers the entire state of Colorado because you're going to leave out so many people in so many areas and, of course, so many businesses that need to hire a workforce. So um, those are examples of how we can focus specifically on workforce housing. And then I think, um, you know, we need to work with local governments and provide them incentives to um consider their local rules on their housing assistance. Um, sometimes even rural resort counties still have a very low AMI level and they they need to uh, raise it up. So uh, we can provide incentives from the state level to do that. But it's about understanding the nuances of our state and the counties, and then ensuring that you create flexibility in statewide legislation so that every community can benefit from what we're doing. Yeah, and thank you for those examples. And the having those advocates from either side of the political aisle, regardless yeah. of the affiliation, to be advocates for our mountain regions, and for that matter, the Eastern Plains or the Western Slope, um, because we do can, we can or we tend to have things swallowed up by the Denver Metro and the I-25 corridor, simply because of the, the number of people and the amount of representation they have due to that. So having those strong advocates, and I think we've been really fortunate historically um to have some from both sides of the aisle in denver fighting for our our region and making sure we have a voice so thank you for that example yeah. i think it's a really good one um dylan let's shift gears a little bit but but stay on the same general theme of the uh, costs of, of living and the affordability now let's talk a little bit about health insurance and i'm gonna i'm gonna have an example here but i don't expect you to have all the all the nuanced history of, of this. I'm going to use it again for example purposes to the larger question. And we know that health insurance costs 
continue to be a barrier to our to our citizens. We at the partnership have been working dating back to 2018 or 19 to create the Mountain Healthcare Coalition to develop a local solution via a purchasing collaborative model. And the less about that and more about the question here. Um, and the question is, do you support those types of local healthcare models? And would you be willing to support the purchasing collaborative model? Yeah. Uh, short answer, yes. And yes, I think, uh, again, like I was talking um, about local ballot measures, I think local solutions on the challenges that our communities face uh, are always a uh, positive step forward. Uh, so I, I do support healthcare purchasing collaboratives and I um, support efforts here in Eagle County to, to create one here for our community. Uh, we've seen success in other parts of the state with purchasing collaboratives like the Peak Health Alliance in, uh, that started in Summit County and is in a few other counties uh, and other parts of the state have, have tried to get things going as well. Uh, I, in fact, also sponsored legislation in 2019 to remove some of the red tape around purchasing collaboratives to allow more of them to crop up, pop up across Colorado. That was Senate Bill 4 in 2019 that I did with um, Senator Donovan and, and many other Democrats and Republicans to get that passed to in incentivize more local um, solutions on health care. And so um, this is health insurance, health care when I first took office four years ago was the number one thing I was hearing about from constituents. And it's still a huge issue. Um, I think housing has probably overtaken it as far when it comes on, on lists of affordability, because we've done some great things at the state level um, to lower health insurance costs. And so I'm kind of an all of the above approach on this. I think anything that allows somebody to have access to more affordable healthcare coverage so that they can have that security for themselves, their families and their employees uh, is, a, is a worthwhile thing to do. Um, so at the state level, we've done things like the reinsurance program, which has lowered individual market rate uh, insurance plans by over 35% on the Western Slope and is working uh, very well and has allowed insurance prices to not go up by as much over the years, even with the inflation. We're also bringing online a new health insurance option for every individual and small business owner uh, starting this fall when insurance goes on sale called the Colorado Option. And uh, we worked really hard to make sure one, that that was available in every county in the state, which is exciting because um, too often people out here on the Western Slope had no choices when they were shopping for insurance. Uh, we also, I personally fought very hard to ensure that that was available not only on the individual market, but on the small group market. So it would be available to uh, small businesses of 99 employees or less so that they can offer a more affordable health insurance plan to their employees. But those should just be a menu of options. I think people deserve choice. We need competition in the market. So if we've done reinsurance to lower the individual market rates, we've done the Colorado option to give people a new choice on the individual and small group market. And then if your local community has a purchasing collaborative, then that's great. You have another choice for either yourself or your business. And I think uh, what we need out here is more choices, more competition, and that will mean more affordability. Yep, we we are aligned there. We tend to agree with that competitive market um, being beneficial to both the small group and the individual market. So thank yep. you, thank you for that. Um, let Let's talk about workforce. Let's talk about workforce development, and let's talk about specifically what role you think the government has regarding workforce development programming in in our local communities and in the Eagle River Valley, but really throughout the throughout the state um, and what role the government has regarding supporting the professional development, training, reskilling and upskilling of our citizens. Is there, is there a role for the state or is that really just a local thing? 
No, I think the state uh, has been and should be involved in uh, workforce development. I think this is a, an example of where we need to take our, our lead and cues from the business community. We need to listen to them about what specifically do you need or do you want in workforce development uh, initiatives coming from the state level? And um, how can we better tailor what already exists? Or if we're going to uh, start something new, we want to do it at your direction and understand what specifically you need and not waste um, a lot of time or, or money doing something that won't be helpful to the business community. So I kind of see the state government as a partner, uh, an equal partner in, in this with the business community and with local efforts, uh, you know, whether local chambers of commerce or local governments or institutions of higher education. Uh, and I think what we can do, uh, like we can do on housing, we can do on this front is how do we cut down obstacles that are getting in the way of um, better workforce development? And, and how do we create incentives for businesses um, to do that themselves as well? Uh, you know, I'm really happy and proud of what we've done at the state legislative level on this point, specifically over the last few years. I mentioned we invested 500 million of our American Rescue Plan dollars into housing, but we also invested close to $400 million that, from that bill uh, that we got from the federal government into the topic of workforce development. And what that looks like is uh, more funding for higher education, for technical schools, for apprenticeships, um, but also for job training programs to help chambers of commerce and local businesses with worker uh, education, re-education and retraining. Uh, and those funds are starting to flow out across the state. So um, I think it was a good thing that the state prioritized our most acute needs, which were housing, mental health, and workforce development with our American Rescue Plan dollars. And I think we're going to see the benefits of that investment um, over the next few years as more people uh, get the skills they need to enter uh, technical careers or enter uh, the business community. Um, and then, you know, this isn't as big of an issue here in Eagle County, but it is uh, in this, this Senate district. We also need to be taking a proactive role on our energy transition and understand a lot of communities on the Western Slope, including the town of Hayden that I currently represent and communities like Craig, Meeker and Rangeley that I would represent if I'm elected uh, are going through an energy transition. And uh, But we wanna keep those jobs in those communities and we wanna help those uh, economies there diversify. We want those workers who currently work in energy to either transition to renewable energy jobs in their community or to a different uh, career and the state can uh, has and, and will continue to fund those efforts. And, and that will be a big passion of mine if I am elected is how do we ensure that those communities, uh, they are going through a transition right now, but they can also use that as an opportunity to diversify and grow their economies, keep jobs there and attract new people and businesses to those communities through our workforce development programs. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Um, especially in some of the regions within the district that you talked about. Yep. So thank you for, thank you for mentioning that. I think that's, that's important. Even if it's not something that's front of mind for most Eagle County citizens, it's very important throughout the district and throughout the state for that matter. Yep. Um, so thank you for pointing that out, Dylan. Let's get to the speed round here. Yeah. Shorter questions, um, probably a, a little more, more direct and um, a little less nuanced. And, the next question for you is really pretty straightforward and it's really just how can local or, or state government in the case of a um, Senate district and state Senator, how can state government best support private sector job creators? Uh, well, we work, we're working with them. Uh, I think that's the best way is, is listening to their ideas, listening to their concerns and crafting legislation or working with, uh, you know, 
agencies to, to um, fix problems. Uh, so that's my uh, priority for as to working with private sector job creators. And it's what I've done. Uh, the last two years, as you know, Chris, I've been the chair of the House Business Committee. And I've taken that responsibility very seriously because it was I became the chair in the middle of the COVID pandemic. And I uh, have been working in with the business community to craft recovery programs and ensure that our economies recover and thrive past the pandemic. Uh, in that role and, and as we move forward. Uh, so I've passed bills like the Rural Jumpstart Program, which is business uh, tax incentives for rural businesses open their doors here. I worked with you in the chamber on in the partnership on the Meeting and Invent Incentive Program, which has attracted more people to come back to our communities for their conferences and their weddings and try to promote our um, our hotel industry and our, our our businesses here. You know, I've, I've fought against the governor's administration uh, to ensure that restaurants could stay open during the pandemic. During uh, the holidays of 2020, uh, it seems like a long time ago, but the government was telling restaurants they couldn't be open to in-person dining. And I uh, fought tooth and nail to ensure that our mountain communities could keep their doors open, their restaurants could keep their doors open, because that is the crucial time for a lot of our restaurants is to make their money during the holidays. And we were able to uh, get variances for Eagle County, Summit County, Route County, and our uh, a lot of our other ski communities. And so it's being an advocate for your community as well and your community's businesses and understanding that with our tourism industry here, we have specific times of the year where business is super important and uh, we need to fight against any restrictions that come from that. Uh, we also need to work on the issues that impact business, but uh, like infrastructure. And I was happy to work with the partnership on Senate Bill 260 last year, which is a historic investment in our transportation infrastructure. It's going to improve I-70, it's going to improve our rural highways, and it's going to improve local transportation because without a resilient and strong transportation infrastructure, uh, our businesses can't thrive. And we're losing way too many businesses to places like Utah because they have much better roads than we do. And we finally are going to fix that. And so it's... Uh, learning from businesses about their needs, whether directly inside their businesses doors or with tangential issues like transportation and housing uh, and working with them to cut down red tape, reduce uh, burdensome costs and also pass legislation that helps incentivize growth. Yeah, it's, it's great. And thank you for mentioning some of the, the issues that the partnership has historically spent a lot of time advocating for um, and working with our elected officials on such as transportation infrastructure. And yeah. um, thank you for your support of some of those tourism industry things that we also worked with and lobbied for. So yeah. appreciate appreciate that recognition as well. It, um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes before it ever comes to a vote. Yeah. Um, and as you know, we're, we'll raise our hand and make sure our community is heard on, on either side of issues. So uh, thank you for that. What else, Dylan, do you want to share with our podcast listeners as we close up here. Yeah, well, thank you for this opportunity and, and thanks to anybody, for everybody who's listening and, and for your interest in this race. You know, um, it's been an honor to be a legislator and be the state representative for Eagle County and Route County the last uh, four years. And what I've learned is that to be an effective legislator, it need, you need to understand that this job is about representing your community and your district, not about personal ego or advancing anything that you personally believe in. It's about listening to your district and solving problems for them. And I believe my track record has been exactly that. And it will continue to be that if I, if I have the privilege of serving as your state senator. Uh, you know, I've talked about it during this podcast, but I've talked about it for years, you know, specifics uh, where you can look at my record of collaboration on our most pressing issues like our cost of living, on housing, on healthcare, 
and helping small businesses. And I'm, I'm proud of the work that we've gotten done. And I'm proud because every single bill that I've introduced and been the prime sponsor of has been an idea or a challenge or something that has come directly from somebody in my district. And knowing that this job isn't about you uh, as a politician, it's about helping your community. I think especially on the state level, the legislature should not be a partisan place. This is about keeping our state government running and helping people thrive and improving people's lives here in Colorado. Uh, and that's what I offer as a candidate for the state Senate. You know, the thing that I'm probably most proud of during my time is I've held over 60 town hall meetings across Eagle County and Route County during my four years in the legislature. And that's because I prioritize listening to my constituents. I'm not going down there to, to advance a personal agenda. I'm going down there to advance our community's agenda. And I'll continue doing that um, if I have the privilege of being a state senator. So uh, thank you for this opportunity to serve and to talk to you today. And uh, I encourage anybody who has questions about my experience or what I offer for the future, please reach out to me. My cell phone is on my website. I'd love to hear from you. And, and Dylan, while we're there, an, an extra question for you. How yes. can people learn more about you? What is your website? Let's share that with listeners as well. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, dylanroberts.org, D-Y-L-A-N, like Bob Dylan, not the not the town Dylan over in Summit County, dylanroberts.org. Uh, you can go there, cell phone, email. Uh, you can find me on social media as well. I'd love to hear from you. Yep. Uh, Dylan, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate yeah. you. I know I know it's very busy with being a new a new parent, as well as yeah. running a campaign across a 10-county region. So thank you for taking the time to join us. This is the Partnership Podcast with Chris Romer, President and CEO of the Vail Valley Partnership. We've been joined today by Dylan Roberts, candidate for Senate District 8, which incorporates the Eagle River Valley and the Vail Valley Service Region. And we really appreciate the time today. Thank you, Chris. It was great to be with you. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at valleypartnership.com.